Let me, I want to share this morning from 1 Corinthians 16, 13 to 14. It simply says, be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. And this morning, I really find that those short two little verses really to act as a summary for what we should be doing as a church and as Christians. And so from these two little verses, that's what I want to talk about here today and apply that to our lives today. The Apostle Paul was addressing the Corinthian church, and he was addressing the church on a lot of issues. Uh, Some issues were good and some issues were not good at all. And he concludes the whole discussion and summarizes the whole thing with these two little verses. And I really think they they, they act well to help us uh, as we look at what is important today as a church, as Christians, as families. And so he's addressing this church at a time when the early church was really growing very fast. Uh, and maybe in some ways, maybe it was grown a little bit too fast and, you know, they, they didn't have enough time to, you know, guide, direct people what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And the church was just growing so fast that there was a lot of mess that was starting to take place. And, and it would kind of maybe seem strange to us today that a growing church in a charismatic church filled with the gifts of the Spirit could get off track. But that's exactly what had happened. It kind of reminds us today that, you know, churches are not perfect places. Uh, They're they're places where people are coming and wanting to encounter God, but but they're not perfect because we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. And so maybe we need to realize that, and we all have our hang-ups. We all have, you know, backgrounds and things maybe that, you know, we shouldn't have done in our past, all those kinds of things. And so churches are not perfect, but they are a place where God can perfect us as we come to him. Anyway, for this growing church, they began to face some real serious issues that could cripple any church or destroy even a church and has destroyed many a church throughout the centuries. Uh, We see one of the things that Paul starts addressing right away was about divisions that were happening among the people, uh, arguments that were breaking out amongst the people, uh, spiritual pedigrees, uh, what is spiritual, what is not, uh, personal preferences and opinions, that kind of got out of control. And, of course, that kind of led to a, a whole bunch of things. Uh, they started trying to figure out, well, which pastor is better? Was it the Apostle Paul? Was it Apollo? Was it this person? Was it that person? And everyone had their opinion of who was better. They, they got into some heated disagreements, offenses. And, and kind of most shocking to me as I read that, First Corinthians, is lawsuits. They started to sue one another. Can you imagine that? In the church, we get so upset with one another, we can't come to grips with our mistakes or things that we've said that we start to say, I'm taking you to court. That's what they were doing. And if that wasn't enough for bad behavior, they started to have sexual immorality in the church as well. Still happens today. You saw some churches that were in the news and some uh, people that have fallen uh, because of this area. So these are all areas we really need to be on guard against when it comes to churches, to Christianity, to living our lives. See, the Apostle Paul was very concerned that this growing church would soon become a church that would crash, a church that would lose its influence in the city, a church that would be destroyed because they weren't dealing 
with all these problems that had happened. They kind of deceived themselves that they were still okay. They were still spiritual because they still felt spiritual. And, you know, sometimes our feelings can lie to us. Our feelings can tell us that, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm wonderful. I'm good. And while in the reality is, is no, we're not. There are some things that we need to deal with. And so Paul tries to address this right from the very start of his letter to the Corinthian church. And this is what he says in verse 10 of the very first chapter of 1 Corinthians. And he says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. And so Paul went on from there to start addressing some of the issues in the church that needed to be corrected. And so he, he talked about how to deal with quarrels. He talked about spiritual pride in the church, uh, talked about favoritism, divisions, offenses, lawsuits, sexual immorality, personal rights, orders of in the worship service, misuse of gifts. And the important, most important one, he talked about love in the church. I find it kind of interesting that the chapter that probably gets quoted the most out of all of 1 Corinthians is about love. But really that is put in there to, to kind of help the people in the church at that time to say, listen, this is what's important. You know, you can do all kinds of other things, but if you don't have love, then you have nothing. You got nothing. And so he wants to remind the church of these very important things. And that's something I think for all of us that we need to be reminded of the things that are really important in church life, in Christianity, uh, and in our own everyday lives. And so the Apostle Paul, he, he clearly addresses the sins of the church here that need to be dealt with and kind of continues on with that and talks about the proper behavior in the church and order in the church. And then as he comes to the end of the letter, he offers, I believe, a last summary of what's really important for the church and for all Christians. And that's what I want to focus on this morning of what's really important for us as a church. What's really important for us as Christian people today? Uh, what's the things that really should be up on our minds and make sure that we do? And it comes back to that verse that we started with, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 to 14. Just want to read that again. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. And so I just want to just take the words out of that passage and just use that as our, our, our points here this morning and just to talk about some of those things that are important for us as a church and as believers. So the very first thing the Apostle Paul speaks to, his, speaks to this church and speaking to all Christians is be on guard. And, and we see that verse 13 starts off those very words, be on guard. Very short, very quick words, great summaries to be on guard is to watch over, to protect, to look out for danger, to defend, to shield one another. It also involves sounding the alarm when trouble is seen. And every church and every Christian needs to be on guard against all the trouble that can come in our midst. And especially be on guard for the enemy of our soul who desires to get a foothold into our lives and to bring havoc into our lives and to destroy our lives. Uh, remember, the enemy uh, desires to rob, kill, destroy. That's his signature. That's not God's signature. That's the devil's signature. 
And so we need to be on guard to go, uh, uh, on all the things that the enemy is trying to do as he tries to destroy our lives. He tries to destroy our churches. He tries to destroy our families. He tries to destroy us personally. And as we look in these last few years, uh, he's been doing a really good job out there as we look at many lives that have been lost uh, because of all these frustrations that the enemy can bring in. So when people start having critical conversations or we start seeing division starting to take place and people excusing sin or responding with bad behavior, we need to stand up as a church and as brothers and sisters in Christ to make sure that we tell those people, you need to be on guard, be careful. The, the walk that you're on right now is not a good walk. It's not a good place where you're heading right now. And we need to be like that. We need to be on guard for people, on guard for one another, on guard for our church. We need to guard our own personal lives. We're to guard our church. We're to guard our families, especially against things that could destroy us or destroy our witness for Jesus Christ, that we might deal with those things. Be on guard. Take your faith seriously. Take your church seriously. And let's not get caught up in deceptions and the disguise of false spirituality. The truth is to be on guard. That's what God wants us to be. Be on guard. It's talked about a lot through scriptures. You go through scriptures, you'll find that in many places where God talks about be on guard. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, talking about the end times. And this is what uh, it said. It says, so be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Be, be alert. Keep your head in all situations. You know, one of the biggest cries out there that we're hearing in our world right now is, where has common sense gone? And a lot of us are saying that right now. Like, what happened to it? Like, it's gone. Well, we need to be on guard for things that are putting us asleep and not, not realizing what is going on around us. And uh, that's very important. Keep alert. Keep on guard. And another area where we really need to guard, probably the most important place to guard, is your heart. Proverbs 4.22 says, Guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. And that one indeed is so very, very important. Guard your heart. Something that we all need to do, something that we all need to understand that, you know, when things get into the heart, we're in deep trouble. That's when it becomes really hard and difficult to deal with. And so he's telling us one of the best places you need to guard, guard the heart. Because there's a lot of things that will happen to you in life, some good, some bad. But you got to watch that it doesn't get down into the heart. So guard your heart. Very wise advice from the wisest man on the face of the earth at that time. And so some good words to pay attention. Be on guard. And then secondly, in summary of what we should be doing as, as Christians, is stand firm. Hold your ground, especially in the area of faith. You know, sometimes we, we get a little bit confused and we'll be stubborn and all those kinds of things. In other areas, you need to be stubborn and strong in your faith. That's something that's very important. Stand firm in your faith. First uh, Corinthians 16, 13. So be on your guard and stand firm in the faith. To stand firm is to endure, it's to remain unchanged, it's to be firm, it's to maintain one's positions, and we're to do that especially in regards to our faith. 
Don't let your faith get watered down. Don't allow circumstances, situations, even bad things that can happen in churches destroy your faith in God. You need to stand firm in your faith. That's really, really important. When we don't stand firm in our faith, what can happen? Well, compromise starts to take place. Falling away starts to take place. Uh, Bad behavior starts to take place. Excuses start to take place. You know, we need to remember when God says sin is sin, then it is. When God says it's wrong, then it's wrong. And and we we need to understand that. So don't be swayed by people's opinions, preferences, bad behavior. Stand firm in your faith. Ephesians 6, 11 to 13 gives us some great advice here as well. It says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be still standing firm. That's very important. Reminding us that we need to stand firm because there will be battles that will take place that are far greater than what you can determine in the natural. And so often we're very guilty of that, that we look at everything that we face in the natural. And we need to be also looking in a spiritual realm because the Bible is very clear that there's things happening in spiritual places and heavenly places that we're not aware of that is causing interference, that is causing confusion, it's causing disruption, that there's things that are happening that are where the enemy of our soul is wanting to literally destroy us. And so he's telling us there, you need to stand firm in your faith. You hold on to that faith. You, you don't put it aside. You, you don't you know, say it's not important because it is important. Don't allow it to be watered down. Hold on. Stand firm. But then thirdly, in summary of what we should value as Christians and as churches, we need to be courageous. You know, so often we can allow fear to rule our day when we should be facing our day with bravery as we know that God is with us. Again, 1 Corinthians 6, 13, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous. Some translations put it, be men of courage. Uh, I kind of look at that, don't be a wimp for Jesus. You know, be strong for God, be brave, stand up for Jesus. You know, to be courageous is to be brave, is to be fearless. It's uh, having a willingness to face and deal with danger, trouble or pain, whatever comes your way. It's having faith that stands the test and helps us to walk boldly even in the most unusual circumstances that come against us. You know, over these last few years with uh, COVID and, uh, you know, people are starting to think, now these are the end days, this is yet the world's over, now everything's done. And and we see that fear and worry are some very strong characteristics that are in our world right now. And as Christian people, that should not be in the house of God. That should not be in any of us as Christians because we're to be courageous Shouldn't they let you bother you at all? We need to be crazy. We need to keep going forward for God. I love the scripture of the commission of Joshua as he was to lead Israel into the promised land. You find that in Joshua chapter 1, 7 to 9. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. 
Study the book, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. But you know, I realize in this place there could be a number of people that are going through a situation right now or you're watching online and you're going through a situation right now where you are afraid. And maybe you're a little bit more than afraid. Maybe you're even in the place where you're terrified because you don't know how things are going to turn out. And I want to tell you that I believe this is a word for many of you here and many of you that are watching online is do not be afraid or discouraged. Be strong. Be courageous because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, we really need to realize that and understand that God is with us. He is right here with us. And he's going to take you through that storm. He's going to take you through that difficulty. And he's going to bring you to the other side. You're, you are going to come through it. It may not look like it right now. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you're scared and, and you're all worried and all those kinds of things. I pray you would take that word today, be strong, be courageous. The Lord is with you. You need to hold on to that. Now, I also realize that, you know, we can't be very courageous in our faith if we're not practicing our faith. If we're, if we're not trying to draw nigh unto God, if we're not trying to get close to God, well, probably we're not going to be very courageous because we're not in that proper relationship where we should be. So that's sometimes it's something that we need to take care of right away is that, Let's get back to that relationship where we start pursuing God, looking to God so that he can enable us and empower us that we might indeed be strong in this area. And so you need to pursue that. Also, the Bible says very clearly here, look to the word of God. Study this book. You know, really look to your Bible. Start reading your Bibles. As Christians, we really need to be reading our Bibles. And today, with all of our modern technology, uh, if you don't like reading, then, you know, just play it through your Bluetooth in your car or whatever when you're driving and listen to the word of God and get that into your life and into your heart. That's very important. So courage comes from knowing your God. Courage comes from knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. Courage comes from knowing God's word. Or you can tell the devil, you remember the temptations of Jesus when the devil was tempting Jesus. How did Jesus respond? He could have used his power to respond and said, he said, no, the word of God says. The word of God says. And that's where a lot of courage can come as we get into the word of God and know the word of God. And also the very fact that, you know what, God's with us. It was the last promise that Jesus gave us as he was ascending into the heavens to say, lo, I am with you always. A lot of times we don't realize that God is with us. Well, I don't feel him. It doesn't matter if you feel him or not, he's still with you. And he will never leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's right there. You just need to look to him. So keep growing in your faith, seeking God, praying, reading, studying the word that you might grow in boldness and in courage. And then fourthly, Paul reminds us as a church and Christians that we need to be strong. And I hope you realize there all these words are really all kind of in a sense talking about the same kind of thing. So again, verse 13, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. And we could really put all those words really together uh, that God is trying to speak to us. To be strong is to be healthy. 
uh, in areas physically, mentally, morally, spiritually. We're to be strong and courageous. And the only way you're going to be courageous is if you're strong. If you don't feel very strong, then you're not going to be too courageous. So concerning the faith, which is the context here, we need to make investments in our lives and exercise our spiritual man. Just as people exercise their bodies and watch their diets to be strong physically, so we need to do that in the spiritual realm as well, to build up our body spiritually and, and seeking the Lord, praying, reading the Word, gathering together uh, with fellow Christians. Uh, we need that exercise that we might indeed be, be strong. So we exercise spiritually by praying, seeking God, reading the Word of God, uh, Colossians 2, 6-7 says, And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots go down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth as you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. See, when you accept Christ in your life and you take that step where, yes, I believe in Jesus, it doesn't stop there. That's the beginning. You then continue to go forward. You continue to follow the Lord. You don't start and then quit. You continue in that journey and you follow him. You let your roots get down there really, really deep. You, you really press in with God. Because if you don't press in with God, you'll very easily fall. You need to press in with God. Getting to know God through prayer, meditation, yeah, knowing God uh, through reading the word of God. Those things are always important. You, know, you don't become strong by doing nothing. You know that in the natural? Well, it's the same thing in the spiritual. You need to be exercising. So as a church and as Christians, let's keep working at building ourselves up that we might be stronger, that we might be ready to face the trials that would come our way. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And if you've been a part of any church for any period of time, uh, you'll probably find that at times you'll get tired of doing, helping, and uh, participating in certain things. You sometimes kind of think, you know, what's the point anymore? I don't think anybody even notices me. I don't know if uh, anyone appreciates me and what I'm doing here. And the Bible reminds us, says, listen, Nothing you ever do for the Lord goes unnoticed. Nothing. Nothing. Even if it's done in secret, even where there are no prying eyes and you're doing things for God, you need to realize that nothing goes unnoticed with God. He sees it all. So he says, work enthusiastically about it. Again, because he sees you. He is with you. He's watching over you. So that's a good thing. So we want to be strong. And then lastly... As a summary for the church and every Christian, we are to do everything in love. Love is so important for every church, for every Christian, every individual out there, because God is love. And he tells us that's the most important thing out there in all the world is love. 1 Corinthians 16, 14, do everything with love. And when the Bible says do everything with love, that means everything, everything. And so when some thoughts come to your mind that may have just come just now into your mind and you're thinking, oh, not in this situation, Pastor. Do everything. Do everything in love. A few chapters earlier, Paul 
define love as patience, kindness, not being prone to jealousy or boasting or pride, that love doesn't demand its own way, it's not irritable or doesn't hold grudges, it rejoices with people, it celebrates with people, it never gives up on people, and endures through all circumstances. It's far more than feelings. It's action, it's activity in our lives. So love is central to our faith. And it's good to remind ourselves that we are to truly love one another. Whether you like a person or not, the Bible says you're to love one another. It's the two most important commandments in all the Bible. Matthew 22, 37, 39, when Jesus was asked, well, what's the most important commandments out there, Jesus? And this is his reply. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love is so important in our relationship with God and our relationship with people. It's kind of the filter that we are to use all the time, and especially even in our churches and with one another. We're to filter all those problems that we encounter with love. It was like me this morning because I didn't bring my glasses to read fine print. Well, that's what kind of like love is like those glasses you put on that you're going through a situation or a trouble and you can't quite see very clearly because, you know, the emotions are involved and all these things are happening to you. But then you put on those glasses of love and you start to see the whole thing that is happening through a different perspective. And that's what God's talking about. That's your filter. Love needs to be your filter. And so when you're going through a situation or a circumstance right now that is difficult, it's hard, uh, it's really getting to you, you need to put on the filter of love and look through another set of glasses and look through those glasses with love to that situation. And I tell you, it'll change things. It'll make things work out for the better as we do. Now, the apostle Paul, he spoke many times about this message of love and the importance of love in the church. Uh, Colossians 3, 12 to 14, he says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. See, love is key. We must always keep that as part of our focus. And even when things are difficult, again, you got to keep taking those glasses out, put them on, and to look at that situation, that circumstance through love, because that's what's going to bind us together and bring us into a place of perfect harmony. Above all, most important of all, we are to love. Clothe yourself with love. That's where the harmony is. And that's what we need in our churches. That's what we need in our relationships. That's what we need in our families. That's what we need as individuals. Love needs to be supreme. And as the Bible says, love is the greatest thing that covers a multitude of sins. Because when you put on those glasses of love and you look at those situations you're going through, it begins to work in your heart that you can forgive those people. You can forgive in that situation. And it just begins to cover that whole problem, that whole difficulty. 
Let love rule. So may God help us that we might have a greater love for one another, for our world, and that we might filter things through love first and foremost. So as you look at these two small verses, they really do serve to give us a summary about church life and being Christians. Now, these are things that we need to value and need to hold on to to make sure that they're evident in our lives. We have a good church uh, right here. We're not a perfect church. I don't think there is any perfect church out there because we're just individuals that come together to try to work together, and, and that's what we do. And, and that's a, a vision of our church that we might continue to work together, come together, do the best that we can together, work through our problems, work through our difficulties, that we might be the church God wants us to be. And I think we do have a good church here. And that's not just me, me speaking as a pastor. I, I hear that from a lot of people as well. But we want to continue to strive towards that, working together, that our church would profit, uh, uh, prosper and that we would see indeed a very great harvest. But these are things that are important to us. Uh, these are things that I guess we could include that on our mission statement as well as we look to reach out into our world, as we welcome all those around us in our community and those who are abroad to join us uh, uh, with us. Be on guard. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. And I realize there's a lot of people out there facing difficulties I know I've been uh, messaging with uh, some of the pastors that kind of watch us online. They watch our services in India and Uganda. And uh, there's two of them that really like commenting or, or, or sending uh, uh, emails and messages to us. And you know what? They're going through difficult times as well. People in Ukraine and Russia right now, not a good scene that's going on there. But you know what? The church is there. Pastors are not leaving those churches. Pastors are staying behind. Uh, some have been killed. Some have been murdered. But they're staying behind to try to help the people as much as they can. And the Bible keeps saying, listen, keep standing. What's important is God. What's important is the kingdom of God. So keep being on guard. Keep standing firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be courageous. Don't allow this fear that has been so prevalent in our world today to get you down and get you scared. No, be courageous. God still has good things to do. God can still accomplish great and wonderful things in our lives, in our country, in our nations, and in our world. Look to him. Be courageous. Be strong. And don't forget the most important thing, love. 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 Put on a new set of glasses. I think we need that. Let's put on a new set of glasses after all this COVID stuff and all the things that are happening in our world with war and our economies going and you know, getting crashing and all those things, put on love, put on a new lens and watch how it'll show you that and make a difference in your life and also in the lives of others. So Lord Jesus, as we, we come here today, Lord, we thank you that you're a God who is with us. You're a God that wants to help us and touch us and encourage us. And Lord, as we want to be brave, as we want to be strong, as we want to be courageous. I thank you, Lord, that you're the one that, Lord, often speaks that into our lives. That, Lord, we can have courage because you are with us. 
you don't leave us, you're not forsaking us, and even though we're going through a problem or a situation that maybe we feel all alone, because that's how the enemy likes to make us feel, that we're all alone, that no one else is going through the same thing that we're going through. But Lord, you are with us. You're right beside us. And you're wanting to touch us. You're, you're wanting uh, to minister to us. Lord, you're, you're calling out even right now. Lord, you're calling out into our communities and into our world that, Lord, come unto me, all you who are weary and you're heavy laden, because I want to give you rest. I want to come and touch your life. I want to bring peace in your life. I want to bring hope in your life. I want to restore your joy. I want to bring breakthrough in your life. I want to answer those prayers that are on your heart. So come to me. Come to me.